This is a GRDC podcast. Fungicide specialist Nick Poole describes fungicide resistance as a train heading towards a destination. And of course, that destination is complete resistance. Nick says it's impossible to stop that train, but it is possible to slow it down. And that was his key message at a series of GRDC research updates in the early part of 2019. Nick, of course, is from FAR Australia, the Foundation for Arable Research. While there are some new fungicides available in the Australian cropping industry, their longevity needs to be protected, which is exactly what I spoke to Nick about after his presentation to the Wagga Wagga update. I began by asking Nick about the current situation with fungicide resistance in Australia more generally. Well, the last five, six years, Chris, there has been the discovery of pathogens that are overcoming our fungicides. We have a number of new confirmed cases across Australia that are affecting the performance of our fungicides. But on the plus side, we've also got more new actives in the Australian broadacre space than we've ever had before. So there's good news, new products. There is some bad news around the fact that some of our pathogens are overcoming those products that we've perhaps had for a while. And if there's some messages out there, it's let's look after the best we can some of these newer products that are coming along that are very good actually ironically slightly more prone to a higher risk of resistance developing in the pathogens. Why is that? Well one of the reasons is that the pathogen seems to be able to in some cases overcome the fungicide with just a single mutation change within the population. So remember things like fungicide resistance they're actually naturally occurring within the pathogen population and all we're doing with our fungicides is actually to select out of that population those that actually have the ability to overcome the fungicides. So some have very simple single step changes that can undergo within the genetics of the pathogen that basically can render a fungicide ineffective and we've seen an example of this in the last two years with wheat powdery mildew actually overcoming the group 11 strobiliorins in southern Victoria and Tasmania. Is there resistance or reduced sensitivity as you describe it in all of these actives or, or just some of them? Well, the way it works is slightly complicated. When we talk about resistance, say, in the strobiliorins, the group 11, the the products like our Amastars uh, that contain azoxystrobin, if you get resistance to one strobiliorin, you get resistance to all strobiliorins in that pathogen. But it's important to point out that not all pathogens are affected by that resistance mutation. So wheat powdery mildew for example is one that's common that's occurred globally that's rendered the strobiliorins less effective. But things like rust strobiliorins are still working very effectively against that disease. 
Okay, so I suppose it's, it's a caution, isn't it, at this stage that it's out there, resistance is out there, and reduced uh, efficiency or efficacy is out there. So the key message is be careful, don't overuse them. I think you're right. I think that the key message has got to be let's think clearly about every time we use a fungicide. There's great technologies, but think about the number of times you use them because it's the number of applications that's a key driver towards fungicide resistance or reduced sensitivity. And reduced sensitivity, we use that term particularly with the Group 3 DMIs, the triazoles that we've been using for years and years, like Tilt and Follicure. Those kind of products, they don't become resistant in a year or two, like the strobes may effectively uh, change very quickly. With the Group 3 DMIs, what happens is that the population gradually, gradually shifts to being more resistant, but that can take many years. So it's not about throwing those products out, it's about saying, let's not overuse the same product and the same mode of action all of the time. Let's think about ringing the changes as well as thinking about limiting the number we're using. Okay, so what's the good rule of thumb in terms of use? How often should it be used, each of these uh, modes of action, in a season? Well, I think that the label on the, the products clearly sets out how many applications you can make. But remember, an awful lot of scenarios in Australia probably doesn't require anything more than, say, one SDHI, that's the new family of chemistry that's coming through, or one strobal urine-containing product in a season. So although you can use two, if you can use one because the disease pressure doesn't warrant using more than that, then go for that. With the the azoles or the DMI group 3s, we have to accept that they are the backbone of our fungicide management strategies and so I think if we could look to use those that have good robust doses perhaps no more than twice in a season so if you've used a a high level of an upfront product then perhaps you should be able to get away with just one foliar follow-up in most scenarios in Australia. Okay. Timing, is that important as as well in terms of when a fungicide is applied? Timing's very important because fungicide resistance is a numbers game. And if we apply fungicides to disease in our crop that's got out of hand, then we put our fungicides under more pressure because there's a bigger fungal population that we're combating the disease with. And so our chances are that there may be some individual strains or isolates within that population that are more uh, resistant or show reduced sensitivity. So if we can think clearly about the most important times to apply fungicides, think about trying to apply those fungicides just after the leaf emerges rather than when it becomes full and disease is obvious. So think about the physiology what leaves are important to drive yield and usually it's stem elongation onwards are the most important leaves so growth stage 30 onwards is when those foliar products are having biggest impact and apply them before you've got high levels of disease in the crop.
So just really concentrate on those, uh, the money leaves, I suppose. Absolutely. The money leaves is a great description. They are the ones that will be there at the end of the season during grain fill. And they will be the leaves that are most responsible for producing the carbohydrate that fills your grain. Okay, apart from a single application of a particular group, are there any other integrated type control methods that you can uh, use to save these chemicals? Absolutely. The key message has got to be to limit the number of applications. The only way we can limit the number of applications of fungicides is by pulling all of the other levers that we possibly can that reduce our disease pressure looking at the variety choice if we've got two varieties they both perform well on farm but one's susceptible to a disease in our region think about that because that's a key aspect of integrated disease management or IDM what can we use that varieties genetics to do to reduce our overall expenditure on fungicide but there are other things as well that revolve around perhaps you might be grazing your wheats. We know that grazing has an impact on the humidity in the canopy and therefore directly the levels of disease that we actually are faced with. So think about cultural things, think about the variety. Also think about your sowing date. We know that most necrotrophic diseases like Septoria triticide blotch, which is a disease that's increasing now in southeast Australia, we know that that is very much encouraged by earlier sowing. Therefore, the variety choice when you're early sowing becomes even more important than it would, say, on the 10th of May. So just another ball in the air for the, for the juggling farmer. Absolutely. I don't envy uh, juggling all those things, but some of those principles held dear can actually mean that we can use fungicides for a lot longer. We'll never stop the train that's heading towards the resistant station, but we can slow it down. Nick Poole from the Foundation for Arable Research in Australia.